Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. We have a little fun episode for you guys tonight. We aren't talking about a movie specifically, and we're not talking about uh, anything upcoming specifically right now. We're just going to be talking about going to the movie theater and our experiences today with it, how it used to be, um, some of the craziest things we've seen in movie theaters. Because if you don't know, Justin, Devin, and I all used to work at a movie theater together and stuff. So we've seen some of the crazy shit that everybody used to get into back in the day, uh, going to movie theaters and things like that. So, But it's a big part of the experience nowadays. And I know me and Justin have talked about it on an episode of cinema slayers or the cinema slayers of course we talked about an episode of cinema slayers an episode of trailer slayers and so we just kind of want to uh go about that and talk about all the things we kind of like about it and what we don't like and all that fun stuff that goes with going to a movie theater for your cinematic viewing experiences so we're going to start it off with the man who did come up with this topic justin tell Ooh. us about why you like going to movie theaters so for me, I mean, definitely the number one thing that comes to mind is just how much easier it is to get tickets. Like, I think it's never been easier or there's never been more accessibility when it comes to getting tickets, man. Like, I, I, it's just so easy now to throw on an app and say, oh, I want to go to this movie. I want to sit here. I... <clears throat> You know, and there are so many different ways to pay for it, you, you know, taking out your wallet and paying for a ticket and things like that seems like a thing of the past. As a matter of fact, I can't even remember the last time I walked up to a box office and just pulled out cash or threw in my card and bought a ticket that way. Man, the past few times I bought movie tickets, it's all been online. It's all been on my phone. And now I've got a wallet itinerary that shows me which movies I have. And my phone sends me a reminder saying, hey, your movie's going to start at this time today. And I've got like all these little I get emails now telling me, well, you like this movie. So why don't you check out this other movie that's also showing at that theater? So uh, definitely one thing I can say about going now is that it is way, way, way easier to just get tickets. Um, another thing that I love about movie theaters now is that now it seems like most theaters are adopting the recliner seats and now there are little trays and you can, and the seats are kind of automatic reclining. So you can sit there and set it to different settings and you can lean back or sit the regular way and their cushion seats and everything like that. I'm seeing less and less theaters that have kind of what they used to have, where it was just kind of the stadium seating and the chairs were quite simple. Like, it seems like most theaters are going away from that. So just how comfortable it is to sit in a movie theater, I think, is a lot better than what it used to be. Because I can remember some theaters just being uncomfortable or you sit down and, uh, and you hear a noise and you're like, what was that? or <laughs> you know, I can remember pieces coming off of chairs and stuff like that. And that all seems like a thing of the past. I, we used to fix chairs, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like we would have to fix seats and stuff yeah. like that when we would work at the movie theater. So 
all of that just seems like a thing of the past now. Like I hardly ever encounter anything wrong with the seats or some something's wrong with the screen or anything like that. Everything seems well maintenanced and taken care of when I go to a movie theater. So not to take up everybody's, I know everybody all have some too, but yeah, those are two big things that stand out when it comes to theaters of today. Yeah, I it really kind of sucks because you did just take like a lot of my points also. But I mean, I think that just kind of shows like that universal appeal that movie theaters have nowadays. Like the whole buying shit on my cell phone is the most glorious thing in the world. Yes. I can just open my AMC app and I go and I select my showtime, select my seat and it's just done. Like I haven't, you know, you were talking about how like, you know, it's been forever since you've like gone to a box office. I mean, I can easily tell you it's been years since the last time I went to a box office. Like every time I go to my local, you know, my local AMC that is the one I frequent every weekend, I stare at essentially what used to be the box office section. And I'm like, what the fuck point do you serve? (laughs) Because they now, because of the assigned seating, they have essentially these, you know, the people that are the box office people have to essentially just help old people navigate a big touch screen so they can select their tickets for whenever they come to see a movie. That is the only purpose they serve. Mm. And the few occasions I see more than one of them, I'm like, oh, fuck, this theater chain is just wasting money on having more than one person teach a kiosk to an elderly person. But like, yeah, I just wanted to like say that real quick because, yeah, that's one of the biggest things that to me has changed the movie going experience infinitely for the better. And even when you travel, go, man, it's so convenient, like even when you travel, because those apps will just they just update your location and all the theaters that are available are right there. I was in Abilene doing some training for my work and everything, and I wanted to see a movie. And all it was as easy as just telling the app where I was. And all the theaters in the area came up, bought my ticket, selected it like it was nothing. I mean, that really is just one of the beauties of movies now. Like, you just totally do not have to go there to get a ticket at all for any reason ever. Yeah, it's... It's really one of the best things ever. And I mean, and like I mentioned earlier, we all, all of us, except for Heather, all worked in a movie theater at one point. And like, I remember like one of my big duties, uh, especially towards like the end of me being there and stuff like that was working the box office. And now I look back on it now and I'm like, I would be obsolete as fuck now. Like, yeah, (laughs) I mean, that was like half your staff in a night sometimes. And you're like, oh, nope, none of them would even exist anymore. Like. It's insane. Um, well, we'll we'll go to you now, Heather. So, like, what is your like favorite thing now about going to the movies? See, it's really hard because I feel like all of us are going to kind of have very similar ones. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, and it took me a little bit to get used to it. But honestly, the reserved seating, like for me, that's a huge thing because it saves you the trouble of being like, oh, I have to be there early enough to make sure I get the seat that I want and make sure there are still seats. Because like you guys were saying, you can just go on your phone and you reserve it right there. And at first I was like, oh, like that's weird. And I don't know how I feel about it. But then when it became a more common thing, I was like, it's so much easier because you just, you get it and you go. Like you could get there 
two minutes before it starts and you're just like, cool, I'm there. I'm good. I got my, my ticket already. I don't have to rush, you know, and it's just a very convenient thing. So for me, that's a huge one too. And also reclining seats are a huge thing too. Like the comfort that they give you in the theaters now, if I see a theater or I'm in a theater where they don't have them, I kind of feel like it's weird now that they, if they don't, you know, it kind of makes me feel like, oh, well, this must be an old theater then because I feel like most of them these days really do have that. So um, those are definitely my top two things. And honestly, just the the experience of going to a movie, you know, like just the whole it's still even, you know, now in my 30s, just being like, yeah, it feels like an escape. You know, it's an escape from just the everyday stuff you have to do. And you're like, you know what, I'm going to go out to a movie because, you know, I could be at home all day, watch Netflix, no problem. But going out, the act of going out and kind of like getting away from everything that you're used to just for a couple of hours. For me, like, that's the thing that I still love the most about it because I feel like, you know, it's still like, oh, I'm getting ready to go do something and I'm going to go experience this thing and I'm going to kind of be away from my world for a little bit. And maybe as cliche as that sounds, it's honestly like still what I love about it. And, you know, nowadays it's, I mean, you can choose such early times that you want to go, which works for me because that's when most other people aren't there. So it's like, it's not a crowded theater. It's not too crazy. And you could just go and enjoy it. And yeah, it's just a really, I mean, I feel like I kind of appreciate it even more now being older that it's like, man, okay, so I'm going to, you know, all of my responsibilities, all of the stuff that I have to do, you know what, for a couple of hours, I'm not going to worry about it. And it just feels more like the act of getting away from all of that when I go to a movie theater. So, and then there really is that big, you know, the thing of the sound and the surround sound and how big it is. And you just, it's an experience more than if you're just like, oh, I'm going to watch something on Netflix, which is always great, but it's just a very different experience. And it's just, I think it's like a, a lost thing on some people because everyone's very much like, oh, I'll just watch it on Netflix or whatever when it comes out, which is fine to do. But I just think that, you know, there's still something to be said for going to a movie theater and experiencing what that's like. No, I totally agree with you there. And I, and like you said, it's the, it does feel like an experience and it does feel like an escape. And to me, there's like you said, yes, you can watch things on Netflix and yes, you can um, watch DVDs at home and Blu-rays and things like that. But man, there's just something about going to a movie theater and being surrounded by other strangers, just all of you kind of taking that in what's happening on the screen at the same time and getting the different reactions and it just feels natural and Sometimes it's just the best thing in the world. Like, I don't know if this happened when any of you guys went and saw Captain Marvel, but when the Stan Lee Marvel intro came on, when I was in the theater for Captain Marvel, man, that everybody just started clapping and we started chanting Stan Lee and stuff like that. And that was just a really cool moment that almost made the movie for me and it hadn't even started. And it's just moments like that, man, moments like that you just can't emulate at home or watching Netflix or anything like that. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like, even for just that little moment, you're all just, you're just all in agreement and you're all enjoying this thing together that you're not, you probably will never see each other again. 
you know, you're probably never going to cross paths again, really. But you just you had that moment of like, you know, sometimes you sit next to like this really awesome family or this really cool group of people. And you just like, you get it. And I get it. Like, we are really enjoying the same thing right now for the same reasons. And it's just kind of cool sometimes. I don't know, maybe being a people person, I enjoy that part of it more. But yeah, I think that's a really cool thing, Jason. Yeah, both of you are describing my own personal hell (laughs) when it comes to going to movies. (laughs) Because I would prefer for me to be in a movie theater by myself. Which, to be I fair, like I other... like it when it's not crowded, but having other people there is kind of nice, I think. But sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I would, I would much rather me be in the movie theater by myself. Uh, and when you were talking about people cheering for that Stan Lee thing, Justin, that just sounds like also my own personal hell. Because when people clap or cheer in a movie, I... It, I feel like a little part of my soul dies every single fucking time that happens. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys are literally describing what is like my least favorite thing about going to the movies now because <laughs> oh no, I don't know why. I don't know what it is about like the past like four or five years where people started clapping when movies ended. Like, what the fuck is that shit? And sometimes it like, is for really terrible movies. Dignity. Well, like, I understand it when it's a terrible movie because you've all got this collective, oh, fuck, it's finally over. But like when it's a good movie and people clap, I'm like, what? have some fucking self-respect. Like, why are you clapping when a movie's over? You actually are okay if they clap when it's a bad movie. Yeah, because then I get it because you're happy it's over. That that just made me laugh so hard, man. Like, that would be the greatest thing in the world if I was in a movie that was shitty and at the end of it, Everybody started clapping, going, oh, thank God it's over. That would be the funniest thing ever, dude. Like, that would just be the greatest moment of all time. Because then you all are living that euphoria of you all just survived something shitty. I get that. (laughs) Like, you're all clapping because you're still alive. And, like, you're not going to waste a moment from that point on in your life. I get that. (laughs) Like, that's a major theme in the movie Speed. You know, you can't trust the feelings you have in these life or death situations. So I get it when you watch a shitty movie and you clap when it's over. That I am 100% on board for. But like I said, I went and watched Captain Marvel and afterwards, like people clapped and shit. And I was just like, why? No one gives a fuck. You're literally just doing it so you can collectively pat your shoulders, like pat each other on the shoulders because you all just watched a good movie. Oh, okay congratulations like you bought a ticket to a movie that wasn't (laughs) shitty and you want to give yourself like you know a standing ovation for that like to me that is the ultimate participatory like trophy when you clap after watching a good movie (laughs) damn (laughs) so harsh man damn and i just don't know why that started that didn't used to be a thing i don't remember once ever working at the movie theater and standing in the back because I'm waiting to clean the theater when the movie ends and ever hearing a motherfucker clap. (laughs) I blame Dark Knight, honestly. I think that's the first time I heard people do it. Nope. Never heard it then. Really? And you grew grew up in Dallas, so that's a really shitty place. Sorry for everybody that listens to this in Dallas. Oh, boy. And we're going to lose listen fans to me, now. Uh, we still I'm, love you I'm because Dallas, Dallas, you listen to this podcast a lot. We love you, Dallas. That <laughs> Sterling's opinions do not reflect the opinions of the City of the Slayers or any of its affiliates. <laughs> <laughs> I was, and I was going to say that if we do have Dallas listeners that have listened to this multiple times, they should understand that I do have uh, a disdain for the state of Texas. 
and I don't necessarily blame the state of Texas. I just did not get along with the state of Texas. That's why I moved. I get it. Other people like it, so they stayed there. That's fine. I'm not I'm not begrudging the 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 fine people that stayed in Texas. I just I didn't get along. So I got the fuck out. That's all I'm saying. Man, and I'm from Dallas. So that really hurt. I'm well, and that's there. another reason why I said it because Dallas you Cowboys. take every fucking change you get to say. <laughs> I wasn't even going to go there. You I just was mainly saying that because you love every chance you get to go. Yeah, I'm from Dallas. Like <laughs> Dallas, that means something. Dallas native. Yeah, man. Born right in there. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. You can't even say born team. and raised though because you weren't raised there, right? Yeah, exactly. Just still the age of five. <laughs> oh, okay. And how old are you now? 97? So you spent 92 <laughs> years not in Dallas? And a half. 97 and a half. <laughs> but hey, man, I still go there all the time. I wrestle there. I have fans there. I love wrestling there. Like, people are great to be there. Yeah. Well, Justin, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a special some- thing to say you live in Midland, Texas, and you go to Dallas, because that's where people from Midland, Texas vacation. <laughs> Here's what I just took from this conversation. You're saying Jason's about as old as the bottle of Jack that you're drinking right now. Pretty much. Got it. Okay. And yeah, and I have begrudging thoughts about the state of Texas, which like I said, all you fine people that listen to this podcast, especially in Texas, you're obviously some of the good ones. And that's all that really matters, right? Yes. Anyway, before we keep going down this dark, demented rabbit hole, because I'm slightly intoxicated. Devin, what do you like about movie theaters nowadays? At last. All right. So to avoid iterating what has already been iterated so many times, I'm going to pick a few things that I really do enjoy about the movie theater that don't involve purchasing fucking tickets. So or, you know, now we're talking about seats a little bit. Sorry. So what I love especially nowadays we're going to the theater theater are demographic based movie theaters. When I lived in Allen, Texas, a suburb of Dallas, shout out Justin. Um, there was a Dallas. theater there and you could not get in that theater if you weren't 18 years or older and they hmm. served alcohol and they served like entrees, steaks, burgers, fries, whatever, you know, pizza and the food was high quality and it's completely demographic basis to get, you know, older 20 year olds and 30 and 40 somethings in there for date nights. Uh, me and my wife would go to that freak frequented that theater every time we went to the movies while we were there. Um, and I sat in a chair that was obviously meant for Andre the Giant every time I went there. I mean, just this huge fucking red chair. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was, you could go to sleep in those things. No problem. And I had one, my wife had one. And the best thing about it is they were so big that there was a lot of space between you and the next chair. So there was never this awkward, like you're trying to move and you brush up against somebody's shoulder or, you know, you hit their foot or you nudge the seat in front of you. None of that existed. None of those minor annoyances annoyances existed to disrupt your movie experience. The chairs actually had a fabric that didn't make any like sounds when you moved so that level of craftsmanship 
for an experience or something that I just really appreciate and it just really helped my theater experience and so that's something I really love is these theaters that come out and they cater to 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 all kinds of demographics and I love that you can buy alcohol and watch a movie because at home I drink alcohol when I watch movies I obviously drink alcohol when I talk about movies so um, that's just something that makes the theater experience better because yes, you have the theater and you have all those people coming together and you know, you guys are sharing a common interest and you're watching a film together, but it also becomes more like home because you're comfortable. You're drinking your favorite alcoholic beverages. You're eating a good meal. And that is something that really makes you want to go back again, because I remember around 2008, 2009, 2010, theaters were in trouble and they were trying to figure out how to get people back into the theater. And they did an amazing job combining convenience, comfort and a new standard of quality for a theater to bring the masses back. Um, another thing that I am really happy about is not having to stand in line for big movies. I remember when the Star yeah. Wars prequels came out. I remember when the Spider-Man movies came out. After Spider-Man, the first one, that Spider-Man 2 and 3 waiting in line for those tickets. People would camp out. You know, they would they would start, you know, I, I know in some places, I mean, they would camp out a week before the movie came out so they could get a ticket. Uh, now you look at Endgame is out yep. and there's nary a line. They were just gone because of how easy it is to purchase a ticket. And I said I wouldn't talk about this, but God damn it. Convenience is great for everybody. Am I right? Like who does not like convenience? You know, and if you don't like convenience, you definitely don't like to be inconvenienced. So. Um, so that's just something that's really amazing. Uh, it's just you no longer have to wait in line for a ticket for hours or days or weeks. And you don't have to prepare. All you have to do is pay attention when the tickets go on sale and you can get your ticket. And that's it. Uh, so those are two things that I really enjoy about going to the theater. And I do want to um, address what Heather said is about the human connection of a theater. I think that's something that's so great. I've met some very interesting people. I've met some very dickish people and everything in between just watching movies with groups of people and masses of people yep. um, and had some brilliant conversations after films and made some great friends after watching movies with people whom I didn't know. You know, I may have been walking out of the theater and I made some off comment about the movie and they laughed at it or they elaborated on it. And before I knew it, we were sitting down somewhere eating dinner talking about that film. So that human connection that comes from watching a film is so great. You know, you know, sometimes watching a bad movie is the best movie to watch with a group full of people because uh, what brings people together more than something that everybody fucking hates. I mean, everybody loves to talk about how much Martin Shkreli sucks. I mean, fuck that guy, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's beyond <laughs> politics, religion, or, uh, or sexual orientation, man. You know, so that's something that's just amazing. You know what I mean? And so that's that's what I really do enjoy about movie theaters today. But I think my last point, the latter point, is something that um, that has been part of the theater experience since the beginning. You know, that's not a new thing. I don't know if we've improved on that experience today. 
if theaters have done anything to amplify that uh, and make it more potent. I don't feel like that's something that's been done. So I can't really give today's theaters credit for that at all. That's just something you get from going to the movies. Yeah, I mean, and just to kind of like piggyback off of that a little bit, I would say just in general, like, isn't isn't that like the wonderful thing about movies in general, though, is that it just kind of connects people like a prime example for me personally is just my brother and I. I mean, we don't live in the same state. We don't see each other all the time. You know, it's not like we are super connected and close, really, in a lot of ways. But I mean, movies has always been our thing growing up you know, watching movies together, all of that. Like, I remember when I graduated from high school, the big thing that was like the most exciting thing for me was my brother's graduation gift was taking me to go see a movie, you know? So it's just always kind of been our connection and our thing because we always talk about it, we analyze it and all of that. And it's just a really cool thing because it sounds like it could be something so silly because you're just talking about movies, but it really does sometimes bring up, you know, ideas and thoughts and it can go to like a deeper level depending on what it is you know so i just think it's just a really cool thing how that experience can connect people so well and you know even when i do talk with my brother you know we're usually just texting like oh hey did you see this movie yet did you go to the theater to see this yet so even if we're talking about movies it's usually the ones in theaters like saying hey did you go see that opening weekend you know that kind of thing so it's just really it's just kind of a cool thing that's universal you know, you don't have to be in the theater with the person and be like, hey, what'd you think? You know, across the country, you could just be like, hey, I just saw this movie. Did you see it yet? Tell me your thoughts on it. And that's something that I love about, you know, I have a couple of friends where I'm just like super into talking about movies with them. And so I'm always like, when you see that, let me know. I want to know your thoughts on it, you know. And I just, it's always been a really cool connection that I have that probably otherwise I wouldn't really have a lot in common with them. So. Yeah, that's still one of the worst things about movie theaters is the connection. <laughs> oh boy. Um, no. Uh, so I am going to reiterate some of the points you guys have said, but I think I'll give a little different reasoning behind them. I think in some way, shape or form, and maybe that'll kind of justify saying all this shit again. Um, but yes, the whole online ordering of tickets and like all this other stuff, but it's also the way it's changed now too. Like I know movie pass kind of started the whole, you pay them monthly and you can get X number of tickets a week and you can go see all these movies and, but they had all these weird restrictions and all this other stuff. But because of that and the interest that was garnered by that now defunct product, um, I would, uh, AMC, the movie theater created a thing that's called the AMC, uh, uh, stubs, um, a list and, you pay them, I, I pay $20 a month, and I get three tickets a week to go see movies. Unlike the the movie pass, there's not as weird, as many weird restrictions. Like, I can see the same movie more than once a week if I want. Um, you can just only reserve three tickets in one week, or three tickets, like, kind of going past the week, like pre-sales and stuff like that. Which, I get that, but it's not crazy. You know, it's it's only interfered with me getting tickets every once in a while um but it's just really nice to be able to just like go select a movie you know i don't even have to put in payment information it's like bam bam and i'm done um so that's a really cool innovation and like tied into that that i think that's something really awesome that theaters do nowadays also is like reward programs so like 
with AMC, yeah. like when I buy concessions and stuff like that, I get points for however much money I spend. And like every 500 points or 5,000, however they fuck they do that, I get it like a $5 uh, reward thing, like off my next purchase or whatever. And like, I love that. That in turn has also saved me a ton of money. Um, you know, because every time I go, I always get at least a large drink and a large popcorn, even if it's just me. And, you know, so what is typically like a $16 purchase is sometimes a little cheaper. Like also just because I'm a rewards member, uh, I pay for like the next size down. So my large popcorn and my large drink, I'm actually paying for the regular drink and the regular popcorn. You know, it's not much, but it's still a little bit of money. I save just because I'm that. And then, like I said, every, you know, like $50 I spend, I get another $5 off coupon and stuff like that. So like that really kind of adds up over a year. You know, so I end up saving money just because of this program and going to these specific movie theaters. Um, yeah, and they and give also, you like, like, a said, s- like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Cause I think you're uh, uh, an A list member too. So, I, you know, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And I was going to say it's cool that um, they do also send you like an email or something that tells you your total savings that you've saved over the year, which is pretty cool because you get to see how much the rewards are worth, you know? Yeah. And so then like on top of that, also like on my birthday, uh, I get a free movie ticket, which really doesn't matter too much now. But and then I also get like a free large popcorn, which saves you like 15 bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, I think it's 10 for a large popcorn nowadays. But either way, like, you know, just the fact that I get that on my birthday is still more than just not getting something like that. You know, like I do spend, you know, X amount of dollars, like I said, $20 a month, but the number of movies I see, plus like my $5 discounts here and there, I get at least one $5 discount a month, typically two. So I get at least $10 off of shit a month just for, you know, on top of that. So it really kind of levels out. Like I feel like I'm able to go to movies more often and it's not as much of a financial burden as it used to be. Um, and also like what you were saying uh, too, Heather, is I also like the movie theater times now. Like, I remember back in the day, like, the earliest movie used to be, like, a 10 o'clock showing. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to a 7.30 showing in the morning of Avengers Endgame. And <laughs> so I personally early. love that. There's actually a couple of earlier showings. There's a 6.30 showing. Um, they actually have a 3 a.m. showing, which I don't know if you consider that an early showing or a super late showing. Wow. It just depends on how you look at it, you know. Yeah, the movie theater I'm going to, or that I typically go to, is essentially for this this upcoming, which if you're listening to this, this previous weekend for Avengers, they're essentially going nonstop all weekend because they've got a 3 a.m. showing and then a 6 a.m. showing. So those wow. are exactly like the entire, like if, if, it, if you're starting at 3 a.m., the Avengers movie ends a little after 6. So they're essentially going 24-7 at a movie theater, which back in the day when we all worked at one would be the most absurd thing ever. For an entire weekend. Yeah, I would yeah, have done that. That's a oh oh yeah. I, I was gonna say that's a off. yeah, and I was gonna add that that's a really good point because I remember working there and just and even just back then in general, whether I was going uh as just a person buying a ticket or going there as a worker, either way though, whenever those blockbuster movies would come out and they were long like over two hours long or something like that. That is so true what you said about the showtime. There would just be a limited number of showtimes. Like I remember some of those long movies only showing three times in the day. 
like a 12, a 3, and a 7, and that was it. Like, I remember you not having anywhere near as many options uh, or times when it came to movies that were exceptionally long like that. You just had to kind of get in where you could fit in. And then on top of that, just with waiting in line and all the lines and everybody was trying to see it, it, it used to just almost feel like a chore to go. Like it, you, you used to just sit there and go, well, I'll wait until lines die down until I go. But now it's just kind of a thing of the past. And yeah, but but what you said about the showtimes, that's definitely true, because we used to have super limited showtimes for blockbusters like that. Yeah. And like for Avengers at this one movie theater, that is the one I, I frequent the most of just regular non 3D or non IMAX Avengers in game. I think there's around 12 showings for a three hour movie during the day for just the regular screening. And so when you add in IMAX and the 3D versions of it, there's close to like 23 showings throughout the day for a three hour movie. And that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Compared to how it used to be. Unheard of. Based on how it used to be. Yeah. And, but I mean, I love it. Like I said, like I love going to a movie that's around, you know, 830 or nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday because I can get there. I can spend a couple hours. I can watch my movie. And then I still have the entire day ahead of me, essentially. Same. You know, I go to a nine o'clock. I go to a nine o'clock showing of Avengers and I get out at 12 and I can spend eight hours doing other shit. And it still only end up being eight o'clock at night. And that's crazy considering also that day I watched a three hour movie before all that. And like, I love starting my day like that on the weekends because I don't watch a lot of movies during the week at all. Like I know a lot of people um, were buying like midnight tickets or like the late the or I guess early evening tickets for like Avengers Endgame on on Thursday and stuff like that. I'm start whenever I buy tickets, I'm starting on Saturday morning. Yep. Like I don't even bother looking for the showtimes because I, I like going on the weekend and because like that's how I like to ring in the weekend is by like seeing a movie that morning on a Saturday. And so, yeah, like it's one of those things where, you know, I I. Like I said, I love it. And like when you guys were talking about reserving seats, like that's especially important to me because depending on the theater layout and the movie theater I frequent the most has a very similar layout to most of their big theaters. There are two specific seats that I love to sit in. And so like I'm so picky now that I can choose my seats beforehand and all this other stuff that I will just start going through movie times until I find my seats. (laughs) <laughs> and then that's the one I'm going to more often than not. I am, you know, I'm seeing an early movie and I'm, you know, one of the first people buying them and stuff like that. And I don't have to worry about it, but like sometimes it matters, you know, in these really popular movies that I might not be the first one buying them and stuff like that, that like, I don't have that option. And so I will sit there and I will go through every movie time until I find my seat. I'm like sitting there. That's Dude, I'm the exact same like, way. I, I'm the exact same way, man. Like, I have a favorite place where I sit or what I envision is the perfect place to sit. Uh, kind of like, oh, what was that show? Uh, I want to say, um, oh, my God, um, I can't think of it. Uh, but the I know that the characters and it's all about nerds. And then there's the character named Sheldon. What is the name of that show? Oh, my gosh. Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. But anyway. One time he did this whole big monologue about how he there's a perfect place in the theater to sit where 
the volume comes in perfectly and you can see it from a perfect perspective and stuff like that. <laughs> and he went into this whole scientific monologue about how there's this perfect place to sit. And I am almost like that. It just reminds me so much of that when I tell somebody about this. But yeah, I like to sit right in like there's a row. It's not really the middle row, but it's almost like it's usually the third or fourth row up. But normally, like you go up the first little stairs and there's a railing like on that along that row. I love to sit on that row. I feel like it's not it's high enough to where the people down there's not going to be anybody down below to be too distracting or anything like that. And it's up high enough to where the people behind me, I don't have to worry about them or anything like that. And it just it, it just feels like on that row with the railing, there's more room. So when people are walking by, like kind of like what Devin alluded to earlier, there's nobody really can brush into you or anything because there's plenty of room because of that rail. And sometimes you can kind of sit your feet on that rail if you want. You can just kind of like relax there sometimes. So I don't know, man. And if people are delivering food and stuff, they don't have to go far. You know, you're right there where you can kind of either reach over and get the food or whatever the case may be. And I just like being right in the middle of the theater. I don't I hate being off to the side. It just makes me feel like I don't know. It just kind of feels uneven. It gives me kind of a uneven sort of feeling. So I really love to be like in the middle of the auditorium. And if I'm not there, I'm just like you, dude. I will sit there. I will go, well, let's see what the next showing has. You know, I will try to find that perfect seat if I can't. If it's not in one show. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same way, except my, my, my seat preference is vastly different than yours since most movie theaters, but I do have a very similar breakdown to it since most movie theaters now are built from a bottom up standpoint versus from a top down standpoint. A lot of movie theaters back in the day used to be built into the ground. So when you walked in, you would have to walk downstairs to your seats. And so the the screen would be centered a little lower down than like the back. And now since movie theaters are built from a bottom up perspective, where when you walk in, you're at the bottom and you have to walk back toward your seats like upstairs. I prefer the back row in the middle because nine times out of 10, that puts it to where when I look straight ahead, I am directly in the middle of the screen. And that's what I love. Hmm. Is I don't like, like you said, if I have to sit on the sides, fuck it. I'm not going. I refuse to sit anywhere hate not it. in the middle. Absolutely hate it. And it, like I said, I've got my primary seats and I will accept as a secondary one row forward of that in the middle. But other than that, I refuse to sit there. And I, like you said, I will scour movie times until I find a seat that I deem acceptable before I buy it. And it's just crazy that I now have that ability. And I love it because it's just changed movie going for me. The fact that I have that amount of control. And like, I also like, I've only had to do it a couple of times, but I have like the biggest feeling of like big dick energy when I get to walk to my seat and someone's sitting in it and I get to go, Hey, it's my seat. (laughs) And if they try to like debate me about it, I like get to pull out my phone and go, no, no, that's mine. Get, get stepping. Love it. It's just one of my absolute favorite things to do to kick somebody out of my special seat oh boy but like another thing i want to talk about is i do feel like 
the food at movie theaters is drastically better than it used to be. And like Devin kind of touched on it with the, the movie theater he went to when he was talking about how like you can get actual food there and stuff like that. One theater I do, you know, sometimes frequent if I'm feeling frisky because it's like a 30 minute drive for me to get there. Um, they're the same way. You can get burgers, apps, pizzas, desserts, alcohol brought to your seat, all that stuff there. And they have fantastic burgers. And they also have the most magical French fries ever. And it's especially crazy that it's a movie theater because everybody knows when you go to like a place that, that serves French fries and stuff like that, you always end up getting a soggy French fry at least once, at least one French fry ever. You'll end up getting one soggy one or one that's just a little off. And I've been to this movie theater dozens and dozens of times, and I have never experienced a single soggy or miscooked fry ever. Every single time, like they've brought out food sometimes on plates. They've sometimes brought out food in, I don't want to say to go containers, but just like a, a container with a lid on it and stuff like that, which seems dangerous for fries because you're trapping in the heat and the steam and the steam is notorious for softening that crispy exterior of a French fry. And yet still never had nothing but perfectly, perfectly cooked French fries every single time. And it's magical. And I will swear by those French fries at a fucking movie theater of all places, a movie theater, but just like just in general though, like the main theater I go to isn't one of those theaters, but like the concessions now are they're upgraded. Like you can get cheese sticks, you can get chicken strips and curly fries. You can get a one and a half pound pretzel that costs $16. <laughs> and I do get that every once in a while. I do get the, what is called the Bavarian legend at AMC theaters. It is a one and a half pound soft pretzel. And I get that with my large popcorn and large drink. And because I am a disgusting piece of shit of a human being, I eat all of that and I have zero guilt afterwards. And it's amazing. And no, you definitely, uh, just to talk about that a sec, in a real quick, like, yeah, you're totally right about that. Like the, the food that I have had at movie theaters, I, I've enjoyed like all of the new selections and stuff like that. And at first it was just quite shocking looking at some of the first menus when they used to offer when theaters used to offer those options and stuff it's crazy to think back to when we worked there and the only options you had were popcorn hot dogs nachos uh you know candy pickles just, yeah pickles just hella hella basic and now to look up there and see a menu that has all these alcohols has all like chicken strips and burgers and tacos and all this stuff. It is crazy to go in there and see all that. However, I think that when it comes to actually eating food in the movie theater, I'm definitely still more of a popcorn guy. I often don't order food when I go. And if I do get something, normally it's going to be a popcorn and it's going to be a drink. Because I don't know about anybody else, but man, I don't know. W when you're in the movie theater and you got something like chicken strips or something where you got a dip or something where you kind of have to look at it to eat it and, you know, to not be messy. I don't know. It can be distracting. Like I'm sitting here, I'm trying to eat the chicken strips and I'm dipping and I'm trying to make sure, well, or I'm looking how much dip do I got left or how much, you know, and you're looking at all that. And sometimes I feel like, it was a little distracted. Like I'm trying, like sometimes I lose 
like I'm not looking at the movie because I'm making sure how many fries do I got left or whatever. So I don't always order like a lot of food when I go. Like normally I'm just popcorn. That's just easy to eat without. I don't have to look at it to eat it. So so sometimes I don't really get uh, a lot of food, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't have that problem because I'm an adult. <laughs> So I can just eat my food and it not be an issue. Well, yeah, but um, you know, I just like no, to I, give I, it a hundred percent my attention. I don't like to look down. I don't like to look away. I just like you know. Normally, when I go, I'm locked in. And now, especially since we do this, it's even more important to pay attention. So I don't know. I just I hate any. But but then again, for me, I just hate anything that could potentially be a distraction. I hate distraction. That that's one thing in movie theaters I do hate is distractions, whether they come from other people or they come from myself or my phone buzzes or whatever the case may be. Like I, I hate I, I just like to lock myself in and suspend my belief. I don't like to break it for anything. So, you know, like I said, it's probably just me. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've got something to go along with that in a little bit, too, for a different reason, but kind of the same thing. But like another thing I want to get into is like I know a lot of people like like to complain about how much concessions cost at a movie theater or something like that. And there is actually a very specific reason for that. And that really is also because like a movie theater, they make just pennies on ticket sales. They really don't make anything on the actual tickets. That all goes to the studios and distributors and all that other shit. All the theaters make their money on concessions. And that's why it's so expensive. It's because they're not making money on anything else so like that's essentially where they make all their money and that's why there's like all this markup and all this other stuff so like that's why i always feel completely justified in spending however much money i do on concessions and stuff like that because i spend it every single time like i said every time i go to a movie there's at least a large drink and a large popcorn minimum every time because i feel like if i'm not going to get that what's the fucking point of me going so i'm getting that every time but like another thing I like is when I do go to one of those movie theaters that is full service and I can get like burgers or something like that, especially if you've got like a date or something like that, I really end up thinking that it ends up adding value to it. Because like you say, if you go to like dinner and a movie, you know, you can easily spend like $120, you know, $30 for something like that, depending on where you go out to eat, you know, and all this other stuff. And then maybe various concessions or something like that at a movie theater and ticket prices and all this other stuff, especially at night because your tickets are more expensive at night. Whereas I like going to one of those full service movie theaters because I can actually get out, including tip for about a hundred bucks for everything. And I'm like, that's not bad for a full service dinner and movie all wrapped up into one a it takes less time if i'm wrapping it all up into one like package with that instead of going to dinner and a movie which you know if you say you're seeing a two-hour movie and you've got to include an hour for dinner that's three hours whereas now i can just plan for two hours to do it all at once that's a good point. and you know like i said even even with tip i can get out for a hundred bucks i'm like i'll take that because like, there's sometimes you can go to a restaurant and spend a hundred you know including tip so if i can do that and get a movie like, fuck yeah that's a steal for me I like that, you know, and so like that's another added value to it. But one thing I wanted to touch on something that Justin and Heather, like both of you guys talked about earlier is like the whole escape when you go to a movie, because if I'm sitting and watching something at home, unless it's something like Game of Thrones, like a brand new episode of Game of Thrones, I might, you know, be kind of dicking around on my phone a little bit 
while I'm watching something at home. You know, even if it's something I've never seen on like Netflix, you know, I'm going to check my phone here and there. But like, that's one thing about like going to a movie theater. Like when I get in a theater and that fucking like, while the trailers are playing, yeah, I don't care as much. But essentially, once it does that whole little thing of like, hey, turn off your phones, the movie's starting. I actually, I don't turn off my phone, but I, I will not look at my phone from that point. Like my phone goes away and I'm locked into, a, I'm locked into the movie at that point. And I don't know what it says about me that, that I need that instruction to turn off my phone beforehand, but like it does, it, like it just helps. Like I, I'm locked in at that point. It being out in public and in a movie theater and knowing if I'm on my phone, my screen might be, you know, affecting people around me is like extra incentive to just, you know, like kind of step away and just focus on what's going on in the movie. You know, so much so that I have an Apple watch. I even put it in theater mode. So then that way, while I'm eating my popcorn, if I'm using my left hand, the screen isn't lighting up on my, my watch every time I lift my hand up just so I'm not disturbing other people. You know, it's just like that added incentive to disconnect from everything else just to watch a movie. And I, and that's an, what I kind of like about a movie theater is it, it, it kind of builds in that experience, you know, going in there and the lights dim down and everything like that. It just gives you even more of a reason to shut down. Whereas in, if you're in the comfort of your own home, you don't necessarily have that built in incentive to not check your phone or to not do this or that. So that's, that's one thing I like about that whole disconnection with it. Yeah. That's, that's another good point. That's, that's totally true. When you're watching some on your phone or Netflix or whatever, it's true. You're just you're just prone to all kinds of distractions. So, yeah, I definitely agree that it's way easier to lock in and suspend your disbelief and focus on what you're watching when you're there. Because that that that's very true. Now, um, this sh- should not take as long for another like segment. Like, but uh, is there anything that you would? that you prefer about the old way of going to movie theaters than over now, Devin? There most certainly is. So actually one thing that I'm happy that there aren't any more of, I'm actually sad that there's not any more of uh, the lines, especially when you think about how everybody purchased their tickets online. Uh, yes, it did suck to have to wait in line, but you also were privy to nerd culture. And, you know, that would be some of the times you only see nerd culture because people would dress up in full Star Wars gear or dress up as Marvel superheroes or, or whatever it was, waiting in line for those tickets. So it was always cool to go out and see all those people dressed up and cosplaying and doing things like that. Um, so that's something that I actually miss is like going through and just seeing the impact of film just physically with people and how much these characters and stories and environments and worlds meant to people and seeing it live like that. Now is just like you're going into, you know, a dark theater and you can barely see anybody. You know, you don't know how many people are in there till you actually get inside the theater because everybody just waltzes right in. And, you know, having connections with people at the theater, you know, Back at back in the old days, man, I knew everybody at the theater. Even when I didn't work there, I knew who worked the box office, who worked the concession stand, who the floormen were, um, who were who was the projectionist. You know, you knew all those things. Those people had titles, and now everybody at the theater is just kind of invisible now, and that's something I miss. You know, there's no. 
and I know that's just part of um, progress and that's just what's going to happen but me and my love for people and my love for human connection you know one of my greatest passions is knowing all the people who make my experiences come to life and that's something that I do really miss and I also really miss there not being fucking 3D cause fuck 3D I hate it I don't give a fuck who hears me say it. Fuck 3D. It's a fucking gimmick. It goes away. It comes back. It's shit. It barely adds anything to any movie. Fuck 3D. Fuck 3D TVs. Fuck it. I hate it so much. I hate 3D. Please go away. I don't like having $16 added to my ticket. So when Thanos closes his fist, I see the light blinding my fucking eye. Fuck 3D, man. <laughs> now, now this might surprise you a little bit, but you literally took the one thing that I hate about modern movie theaters, and that's the fucking 3D fucking movies and having to always bypass those sections just to find my normal fucking shit that I want to watch. Because there is one thing I will never do at a movie theater. And that's watch a fucking 3D movie like that is we are 100 percent just wholeheartedly in agreement on that. 3D movies is the worst thing to happen to movie theaters since I don't know. Think of one thing. I was going to say something, but that was actually very insensitive and stu- like terrible. And so I'm not going to say that, <laughs> but it's literally the worst thing to happen to movie theaters ever. And it just needs to go away. And I don't know why it hasn't. Because, like, you'll just randomly get that one movie still that's in 3D. And I'm like, who the fuck watches these? Who actually fucking goes to these things? Because there is zero fucking point in it nowadays. And I'm looking at you, James Cameron. Fuck you for bringing 3D back. Oh, my. All right. Heather, is there anything you prefer about back in the day going to movies versus now? Honestly, no. Because I think technology these days has just really made it a better experience overall. I guess maybe if it's the nostalgic me talking, I do miss the whole like, hey, I'm meeting up with friends to go, you know, and it's more of like a, I, it, the, I don't know, just the, the experience of doing that with your friends more, maybe just it being a more common thing. Like, not that it's not common, but it's not as common as it used to be because you, you have all these other ways to watch you know, movies and TV and all of that. So I don't think it's as big of a thing unless there's a huge premiere as it used to be. And I guess for that, I'm kind of like, I missed that it was a more common thing. But otherwise, I just think technology has made it a better experience overall. So, and I miss how, um, how much, you know, less expensive it used to be to purchase just tickets in general, like not even the concessions or anything, but only tickets. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Like, because back in the day, you know, tickets could actually be fairly cheap. But even now, like going to the movie theater, the first showing of the day before I was on this, the the A-list, it still was only like five something and some change to go to a movie. And the only that's only like a dollar more than it used to be back in the day for a matinee showing. So I'm like, for that, for that part of it alone, it's not as bad. Now, the other t- tickets like later in the day are like three or four dollars more than they used to be. Mm-hmm. But the matinee price nowadays is not too far from what it used to be. So True. it kind of doesn't bother me. And I was going to say I was going to bring that up during my my point of this, because like I said, Je- or Devin took my big complaint about it. But I was going to bring that up that 
I know a lot of people though would probably be bothered by the fact of ticket prices and concession prices in general because my large popcorn and large drink Mm -hmm. is literally double what a large drink and a large popcorn cost when I worked at the movie theater. Yeah. (laughs) It's double the price. Wow. For the same the same exact amount. The sizes are no different and it is double in price. And that part is like slightly ridiculous, but I feel like, man, they're having to make up for all that money they lost, like converting everything to digital projectors and all those reclining seats and app development costs. I'm like, man, they're just making up for all that money they spent to make my experience better. I'll take it because it's like, to me, that's all a part of a convenience tax. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Sterling. I agree with you on that, man. That that really is kind of like a little convenience tax. And, and, and once again, just about what I was talking about, demographic-based, there's a place here, like a lot of older theaters would drop their ticket prices big time. Like uh, the theater that's near me, uh, it's about 30 minutes away, but I can go see a matinee for $4.75. And then uh, nighttime tickets nice. are like nine fifty because it's an older theater, so you don't have the amenities. But it's cool because you know they know they're like, yeah, you can go something better. We appreciate you coming here, so we're not going to make you pay as much, and that's pretty dope. Yeah, no, and there are some theaters that do that, and that and that is nice, you know. And it's just one of those things like I I pretty much buy everything digitally now, like all my movies and my TV shows and my comic books, I buy all digitally. You know, even my books, I buy all digital now. And, you know, there is absolutely zero reason for anything digital to cost as much as a physical copy because they don't have to make anything. Like a comic book should not be the same price digitally as it is as a physical copy because you upload it once to a server, bam, all your work's done. You know, then everything you make after that's profit. And whereas with an actual paper book, you have to physically print these things and things can get damaged and things cannot. And that's where is technically that's built into the cost of the the media is they're accounting for a baseline of, I think like 10% of product being damaged in shipping. And that's built into the price of the product when you get it. And yet somehow digitally it all costs the same, but I accept it because it's a convenience tax to me. I'm paying the same amount as I would for a physical copy of something because I have the convenience that I can just sit here and buy something and I'm fine. I can just sit here and I could, you know, buy a comic book at when, like, you know, cause Wednesdays is the day that comic books are released. And so I can sit there on a Wednesday morning and have a comic downloaded to my iPad that just came out instead of having to wait to get off work and go to the comic book store and all this other stuff. Like, and I'm not saying don't support your local comic book stores or anything like that. It's just, that's why I accept that inflated price on my digital item just because I have the convenience of not having to go somewhere and I accept it. And I, and I do view a lot of what I'm spending more now at a movie theater the same way. Like I've got convenience. So I go that way. Uh, Justin, what about you? Um, well, definitely when I think about, uh, how it used to be back in the day, some years ago and versus the way it is now, I do definitely miss the way previews and advertisements are done. I don't know about anybody else, but man, I remember whenever you went to a movie theater early, there used to be kind of like this station, almost like a radio station. or It was kind of like a digital station that would play called Movie Tones. And I know other theaters, probably other places, other cities probably had different stuff, but 
there would be like almost nothing on the screen. You know, sometimes the screen would be black and you'd just be listening to music or you'd be listening to some uh, random thing they had on that movie tunes or they would be talking about upcoming movies and stuff like that. Or there, you know, we used to have kind of like one of those uh, projectors, a slide projector, and it would show different slides and ads that people played for and stuff like that. But now it's kind of insane, man. When you sit in there before a movie starts now, you'll see commercials for M&Ms. You'll see uh, behind the scenes and you'll see advertisements for TV shows. I mean, you'll just see all of this stuff. And I know it's great for businesses. It's great for advertisers and stuff like that. But man, it just seems like a little much. You're just sitting there going, man, how much stuff am I going to have to see? And it's kind of like that with previews now, too. I kind of miss the element of surprise when I would go to a movie theater and not knowing what the previews are going to be. That just seems like a thing of the past now, especially with just our phones and social media and stuff like that. Because now when you go to the movie theater, nines out of tens, you've already seen the preview. Or you've already seen some version of it, or you've already seen it on your Facebook or on your Twitter or something like that because somebody shared it. Even if you're not even meaning to look up previews, nine times out of ten, you've seen them because somebody shared them or they came up on your uh, on your timeline or whatever the case may be. And there was just something exciting about going to a movie theater and the only previews you saw were movie previews and you were excited and you were surprised by them and you were like, oh man, I can't wait to see that. And it was usually something to talk about with friends or family and stuff like that. Hey, did you see that Jurassic Park preview? Or hey, did you see that there's going to be another, um, you know, a whatever part two? Like, I just remember how that used to be such a surprise. And now that luster is kind of gone from the theater because most of the time I've already seen them on something else or I've already seen it on something else. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes, too, there can be so many previews now. I remember one time I just sat there going, how many more previews are you going to show me? How many more movie previews can possibly be on this before the movie starts and i want to say i counted six or seven movie previews and then finally when they stopped and i saw the screen that said feature presentation it was like i i blew a sigh of relief like damn okay finally the movie is gonna start so that is definitely one thing that i used to love about the older times man They'd knock out those previews in anywhere from like 10 to 12 minutes and then your movie started. Like there used to be a real fear of being late because if you didn't get there on time, five to six minutes later, your movie could would be starting. But now it's kind of like, man, even if you don't arrive on time, you have time to arrive when the showtime starts and then get in line, get your food and everything else. And you'll probably still hit two or three previews uh, after you sit down and you were late. So that is one thing I do miss. I miss that element of surprise 
and I'm not always excited about the excessive amount of previews and ads that you see prior to the movie starting. No, I do get that because it was very recently. I actually timed it and there was like close to 27 minutes of trailers and commercials before the movie started. And it used to be 12. Like wow. when we worked at the movie theater, you added 12 mo- minutes to a movie's runtime to know from mm-hmm. beginning to end when it would be done, you know, because you would have the official runtime of the movie. You had a 12 minutes to account for the commercials and trailers at the beginning. And now it was 27 minutes worth of shit. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's more than doubled. And it was just insanity. Like, you know, and especially like you said, nowadays, trailers in a movie theater don't matter as much. And I know I'm a huge, huge person that uh, helps with that type of culture because I am the one that posts about 99% of the trailers you do see on the Cinema Slayers (laughs) Facebook page. That is me. And so I'm very much in, you know, one of the people that adds to that problem. But I, I very rarely think I've seen a trailer at a movie theater that I haven't already seen like nine times. Yeah. Now. You know, like there's nothing new. And sometimes you end up seeing them maybe that early or like if I do see a new trailer at a movie theater, it's because that movie's not a big movie. Yeah. So it's not a big deal when it's online. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, but typically now, even then, you know, that might be like four or five months before the movie comes out. But then when it gets like three, two or three months before the movie comes out, I'm seeing them all over the place online still nowadays you know you end up seeing them online it just might be the first time i see it is you know at a movie theater because it's not a big movie uh one i can think of is a movie that's coming out uh in the month of may called the it's uh the movie ma from blumhouse Mm -hmm. um the first time i saw that was in a movie theater but even now i've seen like two or three different trailers online you know so it really is crazy how that has changed things And like one thing you mentioned earlier, too, is like you see shit for TV shows now before movies like that was absolutely unheard of back in the day. Like at a movie theater, they would give zero fucks to what is happening on a television. Yep. And now like all that shit, like before a movie, you'll see like a behind the scenes of a TV show. And they'll be like, oh, they shot this action scene in this TV show or like going behind the scenes of this TV show. And it's like interviewing the actors for like 30 seconds and shit. And you're like, oh, that's a thing now. Like, people do that. And uh, not people, I guess it's studios or somebody is networks or is, is paying the money to advertise before like movies now. And I'm like, oh, that used to never happen because those were two totally different things. You'd always lose TV show stars to movies. They'd always be like, oh, they wanted to try their hand in movies. And it really kind of shows how just in general all that's changed because now you'll have high powered, you know, A list movie stars in tv shows now you know so and i think like the whole it's showing stuff for tv shows before movies now kind of shows how much that culture has changed Mm. that it's not you graduate from tv and go to movies you go back and forth now oh yeah so i think movie theaters have accepted that and that's one reason why they they advertise that stuff stuff so with all this so so, uh another thing we're going to talk about is just like what's your happy and happiest like movie going experience like what's something going to a movie theater like that like it just is a standout shining moment to you as far as going to movies um we'll go in this other order so we'll start with jason like you what so like what's a happy like the happiest or most standout movie going experience for you well for me man i may have already said one with that (laughs) with the thing i said about the opening with stan lee 
I just thought that was really cool. That was just a oh, really so soft emotional moment, just considering he had died and everything. And I, I don't know. I just think that was really cool to just see everybody appreciate him like that. So I thought that was really cool. But to give another one, uh, another time that I can think of would just have to be just any time that I was right that a movie was going to be good and then my friends were wrong. I mean, those were just some of the best times to me. Like whenever um, we used to wage, okay, wager, okay, who do you, do you think this movie is going to be any good or is it going to be any good? And sometimes it was a real gamble. Like this was before you had something as accessible as Rotten Tomatoes or anything like that where you could just get all these aggregate scores of reviews and things like that so back then it, it really felt like a gamble when you went and watched a movie or you're going because there's certain actors in it and you're kind of betting and you're told your friends to come see it with you and they're like well this better be good so any of those times where i was right about a movie being good i thought that it was really enjoyable and just to name a specific time um i'm going to go back to the first uh sam raimi spider-man with toby Maguire because i just remember uh, all of my friends and this was um uh college for me so i forget what year but all of my friends at that time that i had um in college were just so afraid to watch this movie they thought it was going to be terrible because we had already heard rumors about um peter parker's going to have organic webbing and it's going to come from his body and stuff like that and that rubbed people the wrong way when they first heard about that and i just remember my friends being so afraid and of course at that time when you saw the spider-man suit when you saw how green goblin looked and stuff like that there was a lot of skepticism going into that movie. And my friends just thought it was going to be the worst thing ever. We, we had just come off of seeing some of those Batman films, those latter ones like Batman and Robin and Batman Forever and stuff like that. And my friends were just adamant that that movie was going to suck. And then we watched the movie and, you know, we didn't like everything. But for the most part, it, I, I, it delivered. All my friends thought it delivered. For the most part, it captured the essence of Spider-Man, had some really great moments. The special effects were good. And it really was just kind of one of the first superheroes movies to really get it right and to really just do the character justice, which was what we all wanted in the end. So at the end of the day, my friends kind of had to eat crow. I had faith in the movie. They didn't. And the fact that we all enjoyed it and the fact that Spider-Man is my favorite character and seeing him on screen done in such a great way for the first time, that felt good. So that's definitely one of my top moments. Just so you know, that movie came out in 2002. Cool. Cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just just for a point of reference, Spider-Man, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man came out in 2002. Yeah. Uh, Heather, what about you? What's a like a shining moment as far as movie theaters go for you? Or going to the movies for you? Honestly, the most recent one to memory that I can think of is um, seeing Avengers, the first Avengers in theaters, because 
it was like the people I went with, we just packed out like several rows <laughs> and just, it was just kind of cool seeing just like a row of just all these people I knew and we're all just enjoying this movie together. And even people that I know that aren't moviegoers in the sense of actually at movie theaters um, and how into this movie that they were and everybody just having a good time and, um, you know, laughing and just being like really into the action. It was just like, I guess, a, a, just a very lively group of people, which was enjoyable. It wasn't disruptive or anything. It was just, you could tell everybody was really enjoying it. And I don't know, for me, that was just so much fun, like getting such a big group together and, you know, just enjoying that together. That That's probably, yeah, I would say that that's probably one of my favorite times because, and for me, that was also the first, um, I mean, I think that was probably one of the very first Marvel movies that I ever saw. So um, just all of that together was just very, it was just a very cool experience for me. So I'm going to go with that. Devin, your turn. Um, for me, I guess this is a two-parter. Um, but uh, one thing that I always enjoyed is just actually watching movies with uh, Justin and Sterling. Uh, because every day, every time we watched a film, no matter if it was good, no matter if it was bad, we would have just hours and hours of conversation. Just hours and hours of conversation that would lead to all kinds of different philosophies and, and theories and criticism and praises and it was just something I always look forward to that's something to this day that I still miss about going to the movies is talking about movies with you guys and you know we still get that with the podcast but it just isn't the same you know uh, in person uh, you know and you know our passion for film has led to Heather coming into the fold and I'm really looking forward to the first time we all get to watch a movie together uh, so that's one thing that I, I really did miss but but mine's is a little bit more personal. Um, we we all have a mutual friend, um, Curtis. Uh, I won't say his last name, but we worked at the theater together, and um, he was going away on a mission trip, and we had probably worked together for at least a good year or two. And um, we were all huge wrestling fans. We would watch WrestleMania together, and and we would watch all the pay per views together. And of course, we watch movies together. And and Curtis is just one of the all around uh, most sincere, genuine. Uh, you know, I don't I don't like saying nice about a person, but he, he's he's a genuinely kind person. And um, we want to give him a send off. And so everybody at the theater pulled their money together and we all got him a replica world heavyweight WWE championship belt uh, like the yeah. $300 one or however much it was and awesome. on his last day at the movie theater we like came over the uh, speaker and we like haunted everything that was going on in the theater and you know a few of us said some kind words about Curtis and he was about to leave and uh, we presented with this belt and you know uh, back in the attitude area of wrestling uh, Triple H and DX will always close their speeches down with if you don't like it we got two words for you suck it and there were probably about 10 of us wrestling fans on the staff at that time and we all you know closed it out by saying if you got a problem with that we got just two words for you suck it and uh, you know it was just a really great moment and people clapped and cheered and people would even know what was happening just you know thought it was a really sweet thing to do 
and uh, it really pissed off our boss, but we didn't care because everything pissed off our boss. So, you know, it didn't really matter. And uh, that's one of that's one of, you know, this isn't necessarily after a movie, but uh, it's just something that just sticks out to me as a as a as a reason I still love going to the theater. That's cool. That was great, man. I totally remember that. And I uh, and not to, and you and this will be fun for you to know, but I actually talked to Curtis not too long ago and I asked him, did he still have that belt? And he was like, yes, man. Of course, I still have Hell that yeah, belt. Man. So, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. He still has it, bro. Just had to let you know that. So, my my story actually goes back further than any of y'all's because I don't know why you're like, oh, all this like new shit. Mine is actually my very first movie theater experience that I remember. The year was 1989. I was about three and a half years old, and I distinctly remember this because of what movie it was. We went to the mall in Ye Old Midland, Texas. Which used to have a movie oh, theater way back in the day. Oh man, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and we go to the mall. It was a Friday night. I just thought we were going to the mall. I was a little kid. I didn't care. Love going to the mall because I was like, hell yeah, I get to go to KB Toys at least for a little bit because I knew I got to go to KB Toys because we were at the mall. But we didn't go to KB Toys because this was no normal mall outing. No, no, no. We get there and all of a sudden we're standing in line. We're just standing in line, standing in line. I'm kind of getting bored. I'm like, what, what are we doing? I'm a little kid. I don't like standing in lines. And then all of a sudden, I see the poster, and I know exactly what we're doing. Yes, this was the the opening weekend of one of my favorite and what I still consider to this day a vastly underrated movie for Ghostbusters 2. Nice. And as soon as I saw that, I was the perfect angel of a child. As soon as I saw that poster, (laughs) I knew exactly why I was standing in line. Nothing else mattered at that point, because I knew I was seeing the sequel to at that point and still to this day one of my all-time favorite movies ghostbusters i was ready for it so yeah that was it like i distinctly remember all of that just because uh i ended up that year for christmas which was like just a few months after that it was like christmas and all this other stuff uh my parents got me a poster uh for ghostbusters 2 um like one of the movie theater style posters for it too that was all framed and stuff like that and uh yeah that was just a big deal for me back in the day because like i said and i know i've stated this multiple times on the podcast like ghostbusters for me growing up was like an inherent built-in babysitter my parents had you need me to shut up for a little while just put on some ghostbusters and it was the same thing that day like we're standing in line and being a fidgety little shit asshole of a kid and all of a sudden i know why we're there perfect little angel nothing else mattered because i was (laughs) going to go see that movie and still to this day, I just remember that because of like, I remember how the mall was set up and everything like that for that movie. Um, it's just, it's something that will always, always be with me. Um, That's cool. And so we're, we're going to, we're now going to like spin this into now, like what's something like crazy, like what's the craziest things you've ever seen in a movie theater. And uh, you know, which me, uh, Justin and, and Devin get to add a little extra to that because we also worked at a movie theater. So we've seen, some crazy shit that maybe not other people all have. Um, I'll start this one off. And I'll, I'll, I have two stories because one's really quick and then I'll go into my longer one. Uh, not working at a movie theater, but going to a movie theater. Um, it was the movie that was uh, Cable Guy. I don't remember what year this was, but it was, it was the movie was Cable Guy. Probably 98. I want to say yeah, 97, 98, somewhere in there. And we were going, me, my friend... My friend's sister and my friend's mom, because it was during the summer. So we're going to see uh, Cable Guy and all this other stuff. And this was when, you know, Jim Carrey could do no wrong. 
when we go to the movie theater, we're sitting in our seats and the movie hadn't started yet. And the mom was like, hey, do you guys want to go get some snacks first? And we're like, hell yeah, we want some snacks. The friend I was with was Addison. Don't ask me how I remember that. I haven't seen this kid literally since like a year after this because he moved away. But we were going to, to get snacks and I felt something weird on my back. And I kind of like with my shirt, like because it was around, you know, where the tag used to sit on shirts, you know, back when shirts used to have tags and shit. It was around that area. Felt like some scratching. So, you know, I grabbed my shirt, like, you know, where it is to like kind of push it inside out so I can see like how my tag was rubbing me. And when I did that and I, you know, kind of inverted it a little, like and pulled it over to my shoulder, I was actually pinching a scorpion what? in my shirt. Oh my gosh. That was like had fallen or gotten into my shirt somehow. And like a freak out, I just kind of toss it. So like the scorpion's now on the ground. And, you know, we went and we told somebody and they, they came and they saw a scorpion and it was still just sitting there. And they're like, well, did you guys step on it? And we didn't even think of it. You know, like we were just so freaked out because the scorpion had somehow infiltrated my clothing at this at this movie. And so we, we just start stomping on it. And he like sweeps it up and all this other stuff. And, you know, we go back later and we ask about it and all this other stuff. And apparently we didn't kill the scorpion because like it was in a dustpan. And then apparently they went back to it later and the scorpion was then gone. So this undead evil scorpion immortal beast thing that just wouldn't die apparently was now roaming that movie theater. And I had no idea, but like, that's just one distinctly crazy moment. I remember from not working at a movie, just like going to a movie theater, like crazy experience. Um, Cause I was like petrified the entire movie. Like I'm sitting there watching this movie and I've got like, I'm like pulling from the front of my shirt and like cranking it up to like get it like a tight seal around my neck. So nothing else could get down the back of my shirt. And I start to like calm down, like as the movie goes. And then there's that one scene in the movie where it's like focused on Jim Carrey's face and he's on the phone and he's like doing the threatening stuff. And that spider crawls across his face in the movie. Um. And of course that scene happens when I'm finally starting to calm down. And all of a sudden I see the spider crawling across his face and I instantly tighten up again uh -oh. from the idea of a, of a creepy crawly then crawling on me. Cause I just recently experienced that within the past like hour or so. So like, yeah, it was just like all that over again. And that was a really crazy thing. And then, so kind of the crazy experience from working there is it was a, it was one of the last showings of the night. It was a very late night. And there's, if you were ever around Midland circa 2004 ish, there was a man that you could randomly see around town that we had other experiences in other places, like an I don't know where this is like going. <laughs> and this, <laughs> yeah. this guy was kind of notorious for saying some of the most random things you would ever hear. But this was one of my first experiences with him before, like I said, a uh, later IHOP experience. And I'm working the floor, which is like the usher and the, the people that clean the theaters and stuff like that. And like I said, it's the last showing. And, you know, I, and this guy comes up to me and he's like, I've got a problem in this movie. And I was like, well, what's going on? And he was like, something hit me in the back of the head. And I'm like, okay, can you elaborate more than that? I can't really do much based on, on, on that description alone. And he was like, something, something hit me in the back of the head. I was like, okay. And then he was like, there's a, there was a Mexican family behind me. I'm like, that's super racist and kind of weird. Still not understanding what you're, what you're asking me to do here. And he, he's slowly getting more agitated. And he was like, they had a baby. I'm like, okay. Like I'm still not connecting any dots. And he's finally like boiling with anger at this point. And he's like, it was a baby. I'm like, wait, what? Like, are you, are you telling me that somebody threw a baby? at the back of your head. 
very, very confused by this. And then he was like, it was a diaper. It was a diaper. My wife's a nurse and I know all the bad things that can happen from this. And it's, it's just not, and he's like, like getting just super irate and babbling at this point. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. This guy is telling me that somebody threw a used diaper at the back of his head. And I'm, I'm super flabbergasted at this point because I'm like, if somebody threw a diaper at the back of my head, I would have been pissed from the get go. This guy slowly got more agitated as he was telling me the story. And like so super low key played it when he first brought it up to my attention. So we go in the movie theater and I'm kind of like looking around and he was like in one of the back rows and I'm not really seeing anybody like sitting behind him. There was it's right where the handicap seating was back in the day at this movie theater. So there wasn't a lot of like a row of seats. There was like a couple of single uh, single chairs that were designed to have people in a wheelchair next to them or there was like a row of four in the middle. It was designed to have wheelchairs on the outsides of them. But there's a lot of open space. Like there's no one sitting back here. And I'm like looking around and uh, he's told me where his seat is. And I'm like, there's a couple of jalapenos. Those like little slices of pickled jalapenos you can get at a movie theater just right behind his seat. Like, you know, like if they would have hit his head and then just like fallen on the ground. And I was like, well, sir, it looks like there were some jalapenos. I don't know, you know, who threw it. I don't see anybody here, but, you know, I can keep an eye out just in case. And he's like, it was a baby and just walked out. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, this guy literally just then again said somebody threw a baby at his head. And oh, no, he left. said Mexicans <laughs> threw a baby at his head. Absolutely right. Mexican people threw a baby at his head. I just had no idea. I was flabbergasted. And if you can't tell from listening to this podcast, it's very hard to flabbergast me to the point of I don't know how to respond to something. I'm typically pretty good at coming up with a response to something, but I was just befuddled beyond any reason or comprehension based on what this guy was saying. Um, I just, I did not know what to do with anything he was saying. Um, yeah, and that's definitely one of the crazier uh, moments I had dealing with people or just in general, anything in a movie theater. Um, Devin, what about you? What's a crazy well, movie theater story for you? Well, I'll tell you one thing. You told that story with the fury of a thousand Jewish evangelists. That's what it was. Oh, my God. I was telling that story to Justin and Devin or Justin and Heather earlier when we were doing something. And I, I knew it was 10,000 evangelists. I forgot that it was Jewish evangelists. Oh, my God. I know nobody listening has any clue what the fuck is going on. And I'll tell the story. I don't care. We were all at IHOP. And I think it was after a movie. We were at IHOP and we're all sitting there and we're in the smoking section because all my friends, for whatever reason, placated me way back in the day when I was the only smoker. We all still sat in the smoking section so I could be a fucking chimney all night. And this motherfucker, the same guy that was claiming that Mexicans were throwing babies at his head. We're all just sitting in this smoking section at IHOP and this motherfucker just stands up right in the middle of the smoking section and just says the fist of 10,000 Jewish evangelists will strike you all down and walks the fuck out and we are all just sitting there like wow what i fell out of my fucking chair because he did this and it instantly quiets the entire smoking section and if you were in the smoking section back in the day at a fucking ihop in midland this was roughly around like two o'clock in the morning which is also a fucking bar crowd so you have a bunch of drunk motherfuckers and us and we all went silent because nobody fucking knew what the fuck just happened and then he walked out and I just 
exploded with laughter because I knew this guy was fucking insane. And I fell just completely the fuck over in my chair in the middle of this crowded fucking IHOP smoking section because the fist of 10,000 Jewish evangelists were going to strike us down. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll go. So, you know, I've been accused of having a very sultry voice, a very deep, seductive voice. So, of course, the story I'm going to tell you about the movie theater and working there is going to deal with some good old fashioned fucking. Now, I don't know how it works in theaters <laughs> today. If you work at a theater, let us know. Do people still like to fuck in the theater? You know, there are a lot of exhibitionists who choose the theater as their place to go. I mean, I know on certain websites, I've never been to any of them, of course, but I've heard tales that, you know, you can put that in the search engine and there's a lot of a lot of stuff to watch on that topic. But like I said, I've never visited these sites before, so I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm sure Sterling and Jaston has their fair share of stories of uh, sexual escapades of uh, theater goers who wanted to put on a show instead of seeing a show. Um, but I remember one specific time that really disturbed me. Um, I was a floorman at the good old tall city 14 and, um, or I think at this point it was the tall city 10. Maybe it was tall city 10 at this point. I can't quite remember, but anyway, and, um, I'm a floorman. So we would do theater checks. We would make sure nobody had smuggled in alcohol or, a rotisserie chicken or a pizza or, you know, some tacos. I know this sounds like ridiculous shit, but all these things we have, we, we have, we have, we have found all this contraband at one time or another. Yes. Um, and just, yes, um, to make sure they didn't have anything worse worth at the theater. And, um, I, uh, I go into Incredibles, and this is back when the movie theater used to be Pandemonium, circa 2004, 2005, a Saturday at the movie theater was the Battle of Thermopylae. We were always understaffed. There were always seven billion people there, and everybody apparently was the craziest son of a bitch in town. Uh, it was just it was nuts working at the theater during this time. And so you have to be really thorough with your checks. So I'm walking through and I uh, I see on the left side, it looks like somebody's doing a lot of moving. And so I'm thinking they're trying to get something out of a purse or something like that. And you really want to make sure you had conclusive evidence that somebody was doing something that they shouldn't be doing before you, you know, got them in trouble for doing something they shouldn't or took something away from them. And so I went to get a better angle. So I went to the other side of the theater and I look and somebody was giving another person a blowjob in Incredibles. And this infuriated me. One, because this is a children's movie. Two, because this is The Incredibles, one of the best Pixar movies of all time. And I do not know why you would pick such a time to give a blowjob on this piece of art, really. And the disrespect to get a blowjob in front of people in this great movie. I could understand if you were watching Dukes of Hazard or some shit like that. I mean, a blowjob sounds like a good thing during any of the, anything with Johnny Knoxville in it, but not the Incredibles. So I went to the other side of the theater. I saw what was happening. 
um, they weren't necessarily discreet about this. So some of the other theater goers had noticed. And I went back around up the stairs through the door because we had double doors in this theater, went through the other double door and I snuck up behind them and then <laughs> waited right till it got good. And then I just went, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and they were startled. They were like, oh, we were just and I was like, you were just getting the fuck out of here. And then I kicked them out of exercise. I told them not to ever come back again. Uh, and uh, an older lady stopped me and was like, thank you for doing that. And the movie continued on. And I know there's better sex stories, but that one, the fact that they did that during The Incredibles really bothered me because that's a great film and you should pay attention. If it's your first time seeing it. <laughs> wow. See, I do want to clarify this, though. That was a big philosophical difference between me and Devin when it came to kicking people out of a movie theater. He said he wanted conclusive evidence to kick somebody out of a movie theater. <laughs> me, on the other hand, when I worked there, if I just even thought you were fucking up, <laughs> I kicked you the fuck out. I did not need conclusive evidence. This wasn't, you know, a court of law where you were innocent until proven guilty, I kicked you the fuck out. It was totally a dictatorship when I was working floor. If I just didn't like the way that you were looking at somebody else in the movie theater where I thought you might be talking, kicked you the fuck out. I was just the bane of existence for all the parents that dropped their kids off thinking that they just had a couple hours of not having to de deal with their teenage kids because I kicked their fucking shitty ass kids out and they'd have to call their parents or walk to Rose's, which was a, <laughs> It's a, you know, a fast casual or whatever, you know, Mexican food restaurant in Texas. They'd have to walk to one of those and loiter over there because they just wasn't dealing with their shit. Kick them just the fuck out. So that's where me and Devin <laughs> differed in our, our floorman philosophies, if you will. Yeah, he was um, notorious. Like kids knew if they saw Tur Sterling coming that they better fucking straighten up real quick. Yep. Because <laughs> I have kicked Rose multiple rows of kids out of the same movie at once i think my 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 record was i think two and a half rows of kids that were all together being shitty all at once just kicked them all the fuck out i did not give a shit uh heather what's a crazy movie theater story for you man i feel like compared to you guys stories like mine's nothing <laughs> but um i mean i haven't really had too many crazy things happen i do remember uh when the I believe it was the very last of the Twilight movies when that came out and it was opening night of it. And I was there with a couple of friends and, you know, we, we wanted to get there early. This is before like the whole reserve seating thing was a big thing. So we wanted to get there early enough to get seats and whatever. And <laughs> just for some reason, like, I mean, we were there, I would say maybe like 20 minutes early. 20 or 30 minutes. But for some reason, everybody was sitting in there, just really mostly teenage girls in there, you know, waiting for this movie to start. And there was a kid, I, I believe it was a little girl who was about maybe 11 or 12, just stood up and just kind of went to the front of where the screen was and just started singing some song from a musical just out of nowhere. And everybody was just like, well, what is happening right now? And we couldn't tell if, I mean, I, I don't know if it was just she was bored or I don't know if she was just kind of maybe not, you know, like maybe she was just kind of more childlike. I don't know what it was, but just randomly decided to start 
you know, singing a song. And it was right before the previews were starting. And some people were like, okay, like, let's get her to sit down now because the, the previews are starting. But some people, it was funny because, you know, after a while, because she went on for so long, I want to say she did maybe two or three songs and people started clapping. And I don't know if that was just kind of get her to sit down <laughs> or what, but it was the most random thing that I've ever seen happen in the movie theater. And it was opening night. So it was like a full audience of people. Maybe she just wanted to kind of get some audition practice. I have no idea what was going on, but it was the weirdest thing. And then I just remember like the first preview of the movie was some movie with Zac Efron and all the girls were just like, okay, you need to sit down now because Zac Efron is on the screen. (laughs) It was just a very weird, like very weird and random thing. So that's the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in a movie theater. So, yeah. Well, don't laugh at that story because that little girl is Rita Ora. Oh, yeah? See, that's that's one of those times you would have wished I worked at that movie theater. Because if I had known that happened, I don't care that that movie hadn't started yet. Kicked her the fuck out. <laughs> Good <old> done. <laughs> don't have time for those shenanigans. <laughs> Opening night at Twilight, you are out. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking Straight great. Kick the fuck out. Was she was she any good or did she suck? Was she? Or yeah, was she, was just she like, a talent? I mean, she was not exceptional. Like where you could be like, man, she should be a singer professionally. I mean, she was a little girl. I think she was just, I don't know, like just having fun with it. I guess I don't know. She sounded like a twelve-year-old girl singing. <laughs> Nothing that stood out. So I don't yeah, know. She so I don't think it was out. Rita Ora. Yeah, she would have been kicked out. She would have been ejected. <laughs> Clean the fuck out. Ejected from the game. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed your performance, ma'am, because nobody else did. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't have time for those shenanigans. You might be ruining the movie going experience for somebody that paid good money for a ticket. You may no not get on Broadway, but you can get on the freeway and get the fuck out of here. See you later. <laughs> Justin. You have the most movie theater working experience of any of us here. So I know you've got at least one awesome story, if not multiple. But what is a crazy movie theater story for you? Okay. Well, man, trying to narrow it down to one is really hard. And Devin already told uh, people having sex story. So, and I had one of those. But you have a much better one, though. You have a much better, you should okay. tell that one, because I wasn't so, there for okay. that. And, okay. and I had to, <laughs> okay. I literally clocked in right after it happened. You need to tell that one. Okay. All right. Then I guess we'll have two there, because the other one's really good, too. So, yeah. So, I guess we, you know, most of the people at the theater at that time had a story about catching somebody, a couple doing something. So, anyway... This was just a particular night I was working projection. So, and at, and at that time, projections weren't digital like they are now. It wasn't just pressing a button or hitting a couple of buttons on a laptop or whatever it is now. Back then, you had to thread up the movies. You had to take the film, the actual film, thread it through a machine to make sure that it would run correctly and everything like that. So, whenever the movies would end... You would come over there and you'd have to basically get the machine ready to thread up again for the next showing. Well, so every now and then uh, the the lights kind of, undi- di- you know, lighten up a little bit, but it's still kind of dim because credits are still rolling. But you can look down in there and you can see people leaving and stuff like that. So I was minding my own business up above in projection, just, you know, getting the machine ready 
for the next showing, just doing my job. And so I look down and there are three people that are still in the movie theater. And I guess the cleaners hadn't got there yet. There were still some credits rolling, but everybody had left except these three people. And um, and it was a, two guys and a girl. And so I'm looking down and I just noticed that one of the guys was kind of standing over. He was near the couple, but he was kind of by himself. And he was just looking real suspicious, like he was looking around and he just kind of caught my attention with the way he was moving, his mannerisms. And I was like, what is he doing down there? Why is he looking like he's sneaking or something? The movie's over. So I just couldn't figure out why he was acting so strange. And then I averted my attention to the other two people. And then I understood what he was doing. The good friend that he was, he was serving as a lookout while his buddy was, oh I mean, just, just fucking the shit out of this girl. And like this girl, like her legs, she was on the seat and it was, I guess it was just, um, you know, they were doing a missionary style and she's leaning back on the seat and like her legs are just straight up in the air. And this guy is just killing it. I mean, he's just going at it. And the friend is looking at them and looking to see if anybody's coming, looking at him and seeing if anybody's coming. And I'm just sitting here going, what kind of that must be the greatest friend in the world, because that's that's a sucky job. You have all the sex. And I'm just going to sit here and look and make sure nobody gets in trouble. Now, you want to talk about a wingman? You want to talk about somebody that's down for his boys? Man, <laughs> hats off to that wow. dude for doing that. But apparently that's he wasn't a doing man. a good enough job. Yeah, I know. that's Now, that's a wingman. But he wasn't doing a good enough job because he forgot that there were eyes above, which just happened to be me. So after just... Standing there for a little bit, just at first, you're just, it's almost disbelief that it's happening. So I froze up for a little bit. I'm like, is this really happening? I mean, clothes were coming off. I mean, this guy was really going at it with this girl. And I'm just, so after my disbelief, I finally called down to someone downstairs, to the floorman downstairs and said, hey, in theater number, whatever, there's people and Two, two of them are screwing, and then the other guy is just serving as a lookout. And, of course, they went in there, and the guy put on his clothes real fast. The chick looked all embarrassed, and uh, my floorman yelled at him, and then they went out the – and they scurried out the nearest exit. But, man, I, I just could not believe that. And the fact that there was a third party, a guy involved on the lookout for them – is still just astounded to me because I don't think I would have signed up for that deal. I think I would have just left. Like, uh, okay, y'all going to do that? All right, fine. I'm going outside. Like, I don't think I would have stayed. <laughs> right. But yeah, so that's my eyewitness sex story. But I've got another wow. story. Uh, Yeah. And so I've got another one that kind of hits close to home. And it's surprising that it took a little while for me to think of this story. Um, but it's probably one of the most relevant and resonant things that actually happened to me at the theater and probably also one of the most stupidest things <laughs> that is probably all that stuff rolled up in the one, but just to, uh, but I'll preface this story with this. We used to have a lot of fun after hours at the movie theater. There yep. are so many fond 
memories. Like we used to wild out. Like I don't know about the staff that goes to movies now. I don't know about people at the Synergy now. I'd love to hear some stories, but boy, we used to wild out um at you the hours at the movie theater yep <laughs> yeah we used to play dodgeball games at, yeah that was a <laughs> yeah breaking man there was so much stuff that happened man like we would break standees and stuff like that playing dodgeball games and stuff like that and there was one infamous game where it came down to me and Devin on opposite sides and that game just took forever to end because we kept dodging each other's balls and nobody could hit the other person. I forget how it ended or if we just finally stopped and said, OK, let's just stop this one and start another one. But, yeah, we had a lot of fun, man. We did hide and seek at the movie theater. And that was a lot of fun going. People would hide in cupboards in the concession stand, would hide all in the movie theaters would climb up behind movie theater screens and hide and stuff like that. So we just had a lot of fond memories. Um, uh, I didn't actually. We used to hook up video games, didn't we? I think we oh, we yeah. hooked up Halo yeah. to the screens yeah, one time, and we played yeah, yeah, uh, Rock Band, Guitar Hero. Yeah, we hooked yeah. them up to it, the projector was... and we played on the big screens. Man, that was so much fun i still miss that uh but all of that is a preface to this story so there was an infamous story that i have with two of uh my wrestling colleagues um i'll just go ahead and say their names ryan and justin but there is a it, there is a, there was an infamous wrestling match that took place uh, uh at the movie theater called the break room brawl so just to kind of uh <laughs> So, so just to kind of summarize this break room brawl. So there used to be these lock-ins at the movie theater. We used to have this uh, program, this drug-free incentive uh, programs for teenagers called Defiant. And so, and they would, you know, it was just a group of teens and you'd have to be drug-free. I forget how they even tested that or knew that if you were or not. I'm sure there were plenty of people who still did drugs and were part of it. But, you know, it was just a little fun incentive thing for teenage for teens at the time in high school. And, you know, they would get together and have uh, different things. Sometimes you get a card and you get discounts to different places and stuff like that. And I think you paid a membership fee or something like that. I forget all the specifics, but and every now and then they would do parties. So this one particular time. They decided to have like a lock in at the movie theater. So they stay there. Basically, they stay there all night. They watch movies. And of course, if they're going to watch movies, there had to be somebody, a projectionist to run those movies. There needed to be a manager present to make sure that everything was um, on the up and up. And then, of course, you had to have a few employees because somebody needed to run concession you needed a doorman to make sure that everything was okay. But of course, once those uh, defiant teens or whatever got in their movie theater, you know, that's two or three hours of you just sitting there with absolutely nothing to do. And you had no choice but to sit there because you couldn't clean up because they were going to come out of that movie theater and want more stuff or whatever the case may be. You know, it was an all night thing. So you just basically had to sit there. So... 
And I don't know how this came about, but I had two friends that were also working at the theater at the time. And I was a manager at the time. But Ryan and Justin were uh, just, uh, you know, at the time I met them, just two punk kids, basically. But, yep, (laughs) you know, but uh, just your basic default, you know, uh, mischievous white kids or whatever. Why, you know, young kids or what whatnot, but they were cool, man. And one thing that we all shared was a passion for wrestling. And this was before I got into wrestling or anything like that. And that's why this story is kind of very near and dear to me, because this really was kind of the precursor to me going after wrestling. It was this friendship. It was these friends. It was this moment that kind of led me to pursue wrestling and led to so many experiences and things that I've experienced because of wrestling today. But back, but fast, but back to um, the break room bra. So I'm sitting up there with them. We're all working this lock in. All the teens are in the movie, watching a movie. We're sitting there bored. And one of them says, Hey, why don't we go in the break room and just have a match? And I was like, uh, what are you talking about? And he was, and then, um, it was either Ryan or Justin. I can't remember. Probably Ryan. He was like, come on, man. Let's just, yep. uh, Yeah. It had to be Ryan. Right. (laughs) He was like, come on, man. Let's just go in here and do a match. And I don't know what it was. Normally I, I was, I was a good manager for the most part. I'd like to say I was, I was pretty good. And I guess you could call me kind of a teacher's pet in a way. Like I was one of the manager's favorites. I was somebody who had been there a while and I had kind of earned favor with the management and everybody there and whatnot. I was kind of one of the uh, fan favorites, if you will, the people that work there. And I don't know, man, he must have just caught me on the right day. Normally, this is not anything I would normally do, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just do it. I'm bored. Let's just do it. So we went into the break room, which was right next door to our management room. And all this stuff was upstairs. So we weren't in a break room downstairs. There was a big, huge break room kind of upstairs on the balcony. And and that was the room. And that room is what stood in between our projection area and our upstairs balcony area with our arcade machines and stuff like that. So we weren't out in the open amongst everybody or anything like that. This was a kind of an enclosed room or whatever. So we go in there and in this room, there's bags of concrete. There's ladders. There's a couch. There's water bottles and there's little uh, poster containers and stuff like that. And we proceed to have what had to be like a 20 to 25 minute just a backyard wrestling extravaganza. We're grabbing each other and doing moves on each other, throwing each other into this couch, hitting each other with stuff. I think one time Justin climbed up the ladder and jumped off onto both of us. And of course, this was before any of us had started training wrestling. So we had no idea of what the hell we were doing. We're just emulating stuff that we had been watching and seeing on TV. But overall, it was a ton of fun. There was a co-worker that walked in on us and we're all 
uh, straddled out on the floor, just laid out after DDTing each other in the ladders and throwing each other's in the couches and hitting each other with water bottles and all kinds of crazy stuff. And she came in there and caught us. And I just remember the look on her face because we and we made a mess, man. There was stuff strewn everywhere. That couch was pulled apart and all over the place. Um. I think Justin picked up a concrete bag and hit Ryan uh, over the back with it or whatever. So this chick walks in and she's like, oh, my God, what the heck? And like she was speechless. Like all I heard was, oh, my God, what the? And then all of a sudden it was like somebody took her voice or something and she just was frozen with disbelief that we had done this to this break room. But. At the end of the day, man, that break room brawl, as stupid as it was, as idiotic as it was, and believe it or not, we didn't get in trouble. We were able to clean up everything and make it look uh, pretty legit. So we actually, this is one I kind of got away with. There was no lesson or me getting yelled at at the end of this story, but it did spark a friendship with Justin and Ryan. And Ryan actually went on to be one of my closest friends. Ryan actually went on to be someone that I started my wrestling journey with. And a lot of the reason why I am in wrestling is because of that friendship and that infamous break room brawl. So those would be my two stories. Wow. That's cool. Thanks, Owen Wilson. (laughs) Oh, man. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And on that note, we'd like to thank you guys for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Uh, Check us out on Twitter at Cinema underscore Slayers. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers. Check us out on Instagram, which is also Cinema underscore Slayers. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. And any of those fun places on the internet you typically check places out, we're probably there. Um... Like we have said a couple of times on Facebook, we are looking for the possibility of changing our intro and outro music. So if you guys know any musicians or you're one yourself or anything like that, and you want to submit something to us, um, do that by May 31st. Just email that to cinemaslayers at cinemaslayers.com. And we are also um, trying something new that we will do an official bigger announcement with later with... Uh, other podcasts and stuff like that so if you've got an idea for a podcast or a podcast of your own or anything like that and you just kind of want to maybe you know expand your base and you know maybe help us expand ours to kind of rolling it into something we are working on that so if you've got anything like that or just an idea that you want help with starting and all this other stuff just email me directly at sterling well the email address is sterling at cinemaslayers.com i didn't want to say at sterling at cinemaslayers.com but it works either way and you know talk to me about it we'll see what we can do and get set up and see if we can you know mutually benefit each other in the podcasting realm of things but other than that guys remember according to Justin, moon knight is a best picture winner mm-hmm.